Queer Relationships, an IM clinic podcast devoted to helping you, the LGBTQ plus community, create the love lives and relationships you crave. Take a day at a time. Relax. Life is too precious to let one day go back by without loving your child, no matter who they are no matter who they are. Take the time to smile, laugh, hug, and say, I love you. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, the allied mothers who love their queer children so well, and the queer moms raising children in a heterosexist world. Today, I am super excited to share a conversation I had with my mom. As a Hispanic Christian woman, you can hear her sincere loyalty, her willingness to protect me, but most of all, the underpinnings of a truly genuine, unconditional love. Today we talk about her fear of failing as a mother, the challenges of raising a queer child with anxiety, and the pain of seeing me go through conversion therapies and suffer from depression. I hope you enjoy. It's a good conversation. Let's take a listen. You hear me, Ito? Yes. Okay, there we go. Um, are you a little nervous? What's that? Are you nervous? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can understand. But I'm so proud that I'm here with you, my son. Yes. Yeah, and I'm honored that you asked me to do this. Oh. How I never thought me and you would be doing a podcast together mm-hmm. and also uh, your career. Mm-hmm. Never, never did I think that, you know, you would be a counselor, you know, mm-hmm. um, and have this beautiful career that you have established yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just quite proud as a mother. Cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I know that I have always been extremely um, close to you. Mm-hmm protective you i have always really really protected you because uh me and you had a relationship that was uh unseparable and i would always you know make sure that i was there for you mm-hmm. i remember one time that uh i took you to school and you did not want to be in school you wanted to spend the day with me and i and i could see it as you know right now when uh, you were just kind of um hanging on to the fence on the other side. And as I was walking away, you kind of just held one hand and then the other hand and then the other hand going down, you know, and I always remember, oh boy, I know that I need to be strong for my son. If I could only just say, forget it. He's going with me for the day, Mm -hmm. but I had to walk away. And I really do feel Isaac that I have done that throughout your life. I've had to learn that I've had to let you go because I know that I could have protected you so much more, but I had to kind of push you on your way Mm -hmm. as a mom. Oh, I wanted to turn around and just pick you up and take you with me for the day. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes I thought I was like, Oh man, how could I be doing this as a mom? But I think in the long run, you have really, really, 
just ran with it. You know, my mom is really not going to be there with me. Mom is only going to be there with me when she, I really, really need her. But I, I hope that you always felt mom is doing this because I need to step out and I need to grow and I need to go, you know, into my adulthood, Mm -hmm. not always depending on mom, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, and now that I see you and, and I hear so many things and you tell me so many things about your business and your, you know, um, everything that's going on in your life. And uh, I'm just so, so proud of you. And I hope that I did it right as a mom. Mm-hmm. Kind of had to push you off, you know, like those birds, those little baby birds. <laughs> and the mama said, you could do it, you could do it. Go. Sure. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, I don't think uh-huh. I can, mom. But I kind of had to just give you a little push, you know. And mm-hmm. you went, Isaac, and I could just see how you just went for, for life, mm-hmm. for the fullest of life, you know. Yes. Yeah. And now you have your own clinic and you have the business is doing good. And I'm just so happy for you. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, I think that I don't, uh, if I could even reverse the time and what, like, would I change it? I have no idea. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have no idea just because I think that I was so scared that. Who knows if I would have ever jumped out of the nest? Might have just, mm. you know, because my anxiety was always so high. Um, right, right. And I always seen that in you that maybe you could not jump out of the nest. Mm-hmm. But there was so many times that as a mom, I just had to look at you and hope that you read my eyes. But son, I got to walk away because you have to jump out of that nest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember, Isaac, you know, that I think about it very often when you were going through the really bad anxiety, you know, and you called me and you said, Mom, I need you. I need you to come to Denver, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all I had to hear. And I was gone. Mm-hmm. It was the longest three and a half hours for me. Mm-hmm. But once I seen you, I just, you know, I remember holding you and I'm here now, son, I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, and that anxiety time was horrible. Mm-hmm. We'd get in bed, we'd get out of bed, we'd walk, we'd pace the rooms, get back in bed, you know, not just held you and just would pray for you and, you know, hope that you were going to be all right. And guess what? We got through it. Mm-hmm. We got through it. It took us, I think, like three days. Yeah. Through all the different things mm-hmm. that we had to do and keep going. And, but we got through it. Mm-hmm. Woo. That was hard. I don't know, Isaac. You were were with me. I always remember walking, but feeling that little hand Mm -hmm. tight to my pants, tight or tight to my dress, and walking with mom. Mm -hmm. I always remember that. And um, you were just a a little boy that always wanted to be with me, Mm -hmm. you know, because your dad was in college, and it was me, you, and Nicole. And so we were a family and I took you everywhere. And um, yeah, you broke my heart a little bit more mm-hmm. because you are so much more attached to me. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out how to find a babysitter was the hardest thing for me or daycare. 
oh, it was hard because I was, my heart just hurt. I really didn't want to be working, but I had to work, For sure. you know? And yeah, but uh, yeah, you were attached to me and you were just so precious. And I, I smothered you, I think, because in college, when we were in college, one time my friend, we were leaving and she goes, wow, I didn't know you had a little boy. And I said, yep, I sure do. And that's because I was very, very protective of you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I kind of wonder, like as a therapist, I, I'm looking back and just thinking like how early did my anxiety turn on? Yeah. You know, because yeah. I think that was such a big I, preschool and kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if I knew about anxiety, Mm-hmm. I think I would have let you know when you did. And that was around kindergarten. Mm-hmm. You were just so, you know, you had a little, you know, maybe even sooner because I remember taking you to daycare mm-hmm. and it was mommy, please, mommy, I beg you, I'll be a good boy. Just take me with you mm-hmm. and dropping you off. And you were just so nervous to be dropped off. And, and I remember one time I went in crying to my job. And the lady that I was working for, she says, you, you turn right back around, you go get your son, you, you go look for a good daycare where you're going to be happy. This is not necessary. So I always remember that, you know, since you were even before kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I wonder, son, if I was the one that kind of caused it because I was so protective. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, now we have like the ability to create brain maps and stuff, and that anxiety was in there. So, <laughs> oh, I, bet. I mean, just from grandma. And I mean, I think it just passed down, you know, some of her sons, had mm-hmm. it, some of your, I mean, your son had it. I think it's just a genetic mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, if you knew about anxiety back then, like if, if it was something we were talking about in the Hispanic culture and knew about, what would you have done differently? I think I would have immediately got help. Hmm. Immediately. I would have gotten help. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've talked to Nicole about that several times. If I would have known, just like I always did exactly what, you know, I was supposed to do with you, Nicole, I would have I would have done the same thing. I would have went and got some help mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Most definitely. Without a, you know, without hesitation, I would have been there. Yeah. I just think it's so, I don't even think I knew that it was called anxiety until I was in grad mm-hmm. school. You know, even all through oh, college, yeah. it wasn't like, it was just like, I was just always afraid and panicky. Yeah. And upset stomachs. And then it wasn't until college or graduate school. Sorry when I was learning different diagnoses and I was like, Oh my goodness, this thing I have every day, <laughs> it has a name. Oh my and now gosh. we can do something about it. You know, it was just absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, when I, when dad and I came over to take the um, job over here in Del Norte as pastors, mm-hmm. that's the first time I ever felt anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it lasted about a week, mm-hmm. but I took care of it. Mm-hmm. 
I, I said, no, this is not normal and I'm not going to live with this. Mm-hmm. And I drove myself with such a bad anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. And I drove myself to Alamosa, 45 minutes away. And all the way, I didn't know what was happening to me. Mm-hmm. But I did take it by force and I took care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I never, ever felt that before. Mm-hmm. And after that, I said, oh, my gosh, is this what my son has been suffering with? It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So anxiety is really bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a lot of things to say about horrible politicians, but I would never wish anxiety on anybody. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Never. Mm-hmm. Me either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of shifting gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. When I was little, did you ever think that there were signs that I might be gay? Yes. Yeah? Yes, I've always thought that. Yeah. yeah. What did you see yeah. first or what did you? Uh, well, first I seen that, you know, you were very shy. Mm-hmm. I would try to do uh, baseball, basketball, <laughs> all those sports. And, 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 I, <laughs> and I would just, I would say I'm causing him more pain. And I was maybe even causing you more anxiety, mm-hmm. you know. And so you just, you just didn't like it that just wasn't you so um yeah i started seeing it when you were you know pretty young mm-hmm. yeah back then did you have any fears about having a gay kid um i don't think fears but i felt bad mm. well maybe i could say yes because i i kind of felt scared for you if you were ever to be approached and you know, told something or somebody would do something to you. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where all that protection comes in, Isaac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I seen it and I was there to protect no matter what, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So maybe that's how come I grew up like that with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to protect you because I did see, you know, mm-hmm. your feminine side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I wanted to help you in any way possible. I think, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but a lot of people would say that um, homosexuality comes from an overbearing mother and a, a like a distant father. And that came from like the early 1940s and it was never researched and it was just some guy's opinion. His name is mm-hmm. Freud. But <clears throat> that opinion like became the standard for how we, how people thought of, homosexuality do do you feel like you ever blamed yourself did you ever feel responsible like you did something to create yeah i did yeah i did like i said earlier you know i i kind of blame myself Mm -hmm. because i always had you looking so sharp Mm -hmm. nothing was out of line your hair your clothes you know everything and so um yeah, because mm-hmm. I always protected you. Mm-hmm. I was always there no matter what. If you couldn't answer it, I'd answer it for you. Mm-hmm. If you didn't like what you, you know, the way you're feeling, I'd get you out of it. Mm-hmm. So I was a, your protector. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I kind of think that. Yeah. 
Um, now we have a lot of research that that proves that children are born this way, not from a gene, but from a hormone bathing. And so if you mm-hmm. would have known back then, if you had that research that having a, a gay son doesn't have anything to do with you as a mom, but has everything to do with what they experienced in utero before being born, how might that have changed things for you? Raising me. I think that uh, that would have changed things a lot. Because mm-hmm. then I think I would have been there in a, you know, in a way to help you cope with a lot of things mm-hmm. in a, you know, in a different outlook in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just would have been there to, to act and, and treat and serve you in a, in a different way, mm-hmm. you know, not be so, um, let me see, kind of negative sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think I would have just been there to help you. Mm-hmm. Just like anybody has, you know, a sickness. Mm-hmm. We're always there to jump in there and help them. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have done the same, Isaac. You know, if I would have known that, I would have just said, okay, we're going to deal with this. And this is the way we're going to work together to handle it. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you're kind of following... Um, but there's a new laws in Texas and in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. In Texas, if a parent has a transgender child and mm-hmm. um, they try to help the transgender child by getting them the hormones they need or helping them make changes um, and transitioning, mm-hmm. that those parents could actually be, um, they could receive criminal charges. Um, wow. So basically if a teacher knows of a transgender child at school and they feel like the parents are, um, or anybody is trying to help them, they can actually press legal charges. Um, and in Florida right now, if, uh, if any mention of being gay or queer, having a kid or a teacher saying anything about queer people at all, um, there are sanctions for them now. So the whole state of Florida can't say anything about, in any way, <laughs> being queer. Mm-hmm. What would that have been like no. for you? If it was, if saying my son is gay, if someone could have pressed charges on you, how would you have responded to that? I would have told him, go ahead and do it, because he's uh, my son. Mm-hmm. He's my son. Mm-hmm. I have to. Mm-hmm. I could never, ever walk away from that. I could never walk away from you, Isaac. Mm-hmm. You are mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine the parents there, all the mothers who might be listening to this today. I know. Um, who are in those mm-hmm. states, maybe feeling powerless. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That must be hard, you know, trapped. Yeah. Because, sure. you know, yeah, you can't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When you maybe first started discovering or thinking that I might be gay, how, well, let's start here. How old was I when you maybe first noticed that something was different? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Maybe when you were, when we put you in base, uh, baseball. Mm. And I think that was around what? 10 
Yeah. Yep. 10 years old. It's good. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's when I kind of you know started to notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you talk about it with any other parents? Yeah, I think dad and I would, no, dad and I would talk about it. Mm-hmm. Dad and I would talk about it. We would just kind of say, no, no. And, you know, just kind of put it away for a while and then talk about it again. Mm-hmm. You know, when I kind of noticed something or he would notice something. So it was always in our conversation. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Was it a scary thing? A thing that you guys were trying to change or like? Yeah. It was. It was very scary. And we tried to change, you know, you know, sometimes I would see you do something. No, Isaac, don't act like that. Don't do that. You know, don't do that with your hands or don't do that. You know, yeah, I would try to help you. Mm-hmm. But then in the back of my mind was, I don't ever want to do anything that would hurt him forever. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of hard. You're kind of, as a parent, you're kind of stuck in the middle because you don't know if you're doing good or you don't know if you're doing too much, mm-hmm. not enough, you know? So um, it was hard for me. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. As some of you may know, we've launched a coaching wing to the clinic called I Am Counsel. This allows us to take our clinical expertise and make it available to you no matter where you are in the world. Coaching helps us answer questions like, who am I? Where am I going? And how will I get there? If you find yourself asking these questions in a coming out process, or being a straight parent of a queer child, or in a confusing job transition, or even in a rocky relationship, coaching is a great fit for you. To get more info, check us out at IamCounsel.com. That's IamCounsel.com. We'd also like to be available for your questions, no matter how big or how small. Slide into our DMs, baby, and leave us a message. You can find us on the Insta at LGBTQ underscore therapy and on TikTok at Isaac Forte. That's I-S-A-A-C-F-O-R-T-E. Drop us a question and we'll make sure it gets into the next Queer Relationships Q&A. Now back to the show. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you when um, when I came out? Oh, that broke my heart. I was, I was in pieces. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember dad and I drove up the driveway and you were outside pacing. You were pacing, literally pacing and uh, rubbing your hands together. And you didn't know what to do. And I don't even think the car was stopped. Mm -hmm. And I jumped out and I said, son, what is wrong? Mm -hmm. You know? And, um, it broke my heart, but I hope that you always remember when I told you, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Stand up and give me a hug. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. That's what I always remember. When you came out, that's the only thing I could say. Mm-hmm. I would have never been able to run away from it. I had to embrace you and say, we will get this done together. We'll get through it together. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I ever walked away ever since that day. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. There was, um, and you feel free to answer this as honest as you want, but if there was okay. a Christian woman, a Christian mom listening to this today who might um, reject her child because they're queer, who might explode in rage, who might feel like 
their child is a failure or, um, or they're a failure. Um, if there was a mom today who would feel that way when their children come, came out, comes out, what would you, what would you say to them after having walked this journey with me? I would tell them to please take time, sit down and think about everything, everything that their son or daughter has been through. And always to remember, because I remember somebody telling your dad that um, when their daughter came out, they said, aren't you embarrassed of her? Aren't you ashamed of her? Aren't you ashamed to be around her? And um, the man turned around and said, no. And you know why? Because she's my daughter. Mm -hmm. She's my daughter. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way he looked at her. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to tell parents. Remember, they're your daughter. Mm -hmm. They're your son. You are not to reject them no matter what has they've been through. Even I don't I think what you need to do even more is stand and love them and walk with them right by their side and help them through whatever. Mm -hmm. Because I cannot imagine, Isaac, how hard this is on you too, because you tried several times. Mm -hmm. And I even remember you saying, Mom, there was a time where I was walking close with the Lord and I told him, take me now. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm here walking with you, take me now. Now that's pretty desperate. Mm -hmm. So I go back and I listen and I think about all those things and I'm talking to moms and dads. And I would just want to tell you, remember, it's tough for your child. It's tough for your son or your daughter. And don't walk away because of others. Mm -hmm. No, don't do that. Mm -hmm. You stand, you be strong, and remember that your daughter and Isaac, you're my son, mm -hmm. and I will never ever walk away. Mm -hmm. So always remember that mm -hmm. with that love that you seen your daughter or son when they first brought that baby into that room at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Always remember that pure love that you have mm -hmm. is the same love that you have to have no matter what you're going through with your gay child. Mm -hmm. When you say you know, stand firm for your child, no matter what people are saying, do you think that even includes the church? Like even when the yes. church is coming? Yes. I've had to do that several times, you know, in the church. Mm -hmm. I remember a lady came up to me in church and she says, if I was you, I would remove your son's, your son's page from your page. That way people don't see what he's posting. Mm-hmm. And I turned around and I told her, then don't look at it. Mm -hmm. If it bugs you, don't look at it. Why don't you erase me mm -hmm. from your page? Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, it is. People <laughs> will come up to you. And, yeah, they cool. will come up yeah. to you. But you know what? I'm going to be bold. Mm-hmm. And I've been bold several times. Remember when I went to one of your conferences? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll always remember to this day how that one girl was rejected from her parents. Mm-hmm. And um, that broke my heart, you know. Mm-hmm. And I told dad, I've told him several times, I'm sorry, honey, but Isaac is my son and God have mercy on me mm-hmm. because I'm going to love my son until I leave the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's it. Sounds like... I think we throw this word around a lot, but I've, I honestly feel like that sounds like unconditional love. Like not this yes. like fluffy, like, oh, I love you unconditionally, but like no matter what conditions you come with or what conditions you present, I will love you no matter what, even if that's mm-hmm. gay or whatever the condition might be. Rage. Marriage. Or, yeah. Marriage. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have to really think through it, talk through it, and you have to go on. Mm-hmm. Because everybody has faults mm-hmm. or everybody has flaws. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and you just have to love it, love that person no matter what, mm-hmm. because nobody is perfect. Yeah. I think right now, maybe someone listening might wonder if you feel like maybe being gay is a fault. How would you feel about that now? No, no, it's not. No, that's not a cult at all. Mm -hmm. I feel no, Mm -hmm. it's not. Yeah. What has your spiritual journey been around this issue? Oh, it's been tough. It's been tough Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's many times that uh, I think... I don't know, you know, this is, it's tough and it's uh, hard because, you know, like in the Bible, there's many scriptures about, you know, homosexuality and everything. And so it's tough. Mm -hmm. And my heart hurts for you because, you know, I don't want you, and I'm just being honest, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to go to hell, Mm -hmm. you know. But I, Isaac, don't know the relationship between you and God. Mm-hmm. Okay? For sure. So I've got to leave it there. Mm-hmm. I've got to leave it there. And I just got to learn to just love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just love you because you're my you're my son. Mm-hmm. And I want to say you're my baby boy. <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah. Um. What was it like when I was going through college and conversion therapy with all of the drinking and anxiety and depression? What was that like for you? That was very hard because I seen it a lot, you know, and it was very hard because I wanted to, to take you and just hide you until I could help you you know, and just walk you through it or whatever, but I couldn't do it. So that was very hard for me. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful for that Sunday morning. I don't know where I got the energy in me and the words 
But I think, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think that one Sunday morning where you didn't even know how you got home, mm -hmm. you were going to go someplace and you couldn't even drive your car because it was damaged. You wrecked, you got in a wreck somewhere, you know, mm -hmm. your tire was completely turned in and it was undrivable. Mm -hmm. And I think that morning I told you, Isaac, you are going to lose it all. Mm -hmm. Your degree from CU, from going to a nice college, mm -hmm. you know, your job, you could have killed somebody. Mm -hmm. You could be in prison forever and you would have lost it all. Mm -hmm. And I told you, and I told you so much more, but I think at that time, Isaac, it helped you. Mm -hmm. And I hope that time turned your life around. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, that was, yeah. We talk about this on the podcast from time to time, but shame trauma happens when you know sometimes when things happen to us mm -hmm. and then i think there's a difference when something so traumatic happens but because you've done it to yourself okay and i think yeah. that was one of the moments where it was really trauma for me really traumatic because i realized that i could hurt myself maybe even mm. worse than someone else could hurt me and yeah that that experience really made everything worse my depression my anxiety because it felt like there was a monster in me that i couldn't even control you know um after years i think of feeling like maybe even being gay was a monster inside of me that i couldn't control mm -hmm. um, watching me kind of go through those years of conversion therapy well what did you see what did like watching me walk around the house or live my life. How did you experience me during those years? Those years were very hard, you know, and, but I knew that you were, you're getting help. Mm -hmm. You were wanting out of all those feelings that you were going through. You wanted to be healed. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, there was like that Christmas, you know, you cried the whole time. You know, you just couldn't, you just didn't feel good. And, I, and that was one time, Isaac, that I really realized Isaac is very, very sick. He has a problem, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's when I really realized, no, I've got to help in some way, mm -hmm. somehow, some way, you know, and it was tough for me because I didn't have the answer. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you were going through that horrible anxiety attacks and stuff. I couldn't figure it out, mm -hmm. you know, and it was, uh, I just thought, oh, he could, you know, he needs to stop crying mm -hmm. or, you know, he could shake it off or, or, you know, he's bringing everybody down. But no, I've seen, I've seen something totally different mm -hmm. when you were going through all that. It was horrible to see my son go through what you were going through and i had no answer no answer mm -hmm. yeah so it was tough mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah those years were uh, painful i think most oh my god like it feels like your body is against you oh. it, it feels like there's something inside of you that you can't control you know mm-hmm um, during that time, there was one Thanksgiving when you invited um, my first boyfriend and his parents over for Thanksgiving. 
Yes. And that wasn't a small gesture because our family is huge. And there were um, members from the church who were also there. And uh-huh. had invited them. What was that about for you? Why did you do that? Well, see, at the time, Isaac, I didn't know he was your boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> oh, so that changes things a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Dad and I didn't know. Oh, I think. Yeah. No. no. Uh, we didn't know, so we were just saying, you know, be yeah, nice. <laughs> be nice, bring him down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I think when we found out is when you, when you thought he was injured, when mm-hmm. he was out in the field or something. I can't remember Afghanistan. Yeah, he was in Afghanistan, and, you, and the Red Cross called me and told me that his helicopter had been shot down. Right, and as I said, oh oh. Something is more than a friend here. That's when I realized. Yeah, but before that, I, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. That was horrible. So we were just being good mom and dad. We invited oh, them okay. for a friend. <laughs> um, now that Joe and yeah. I have been together for seven years, um, how do you kind of... Um, I guess what I'm wondering or or curious about is, do you feel like your opinions have changed or the way you see it has changed? Or do you feel like just the way you love has changed? I think it's love. Mm -hmm. I love you so much that that has changed everything for me, you know? Mm -hmm. I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see you like that ever, ever, ever again. You know, the way you were suffering before. And now I see my son. He's happy. I see you. You have your career. And one thing, I love Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe is, I love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so... Right there, I think it's just love, honey, that has changed everything. What has it been like for you to see kind of me graduate from grad school and start the clinic and then take over this really big company and, you know, take over all these huge conferences and see the clinic grow when I left that place? What has that been like for you? Oh, man. If I could, if my heart could speak... So proud of you, son. You have come a long way. You are a fighter. Mm -hmm. And I've seen how you fought through all those times that you didn't think you were going to make it. Mm -hmm. And now I see you. You've done so much. I remember going to the conferences and I was like, wow, look at all these people. Mm -hmm. And you were in charge. And um, and now I see you, you know, at the clinic, beautiful office, and, and it's doing so good. You're helping so many people, and they're, you're helping parents and, you know, adults. All, you know, you're just helping everybody. And that just makes me very, very proud that you are helping others that suffered the way you did. Mm-hmm. To come out to a point now in life that maybe they're doing much, much better, just like you. I see you 
not nervous anymore. I see you more calmer. You could take naps any time of the day because if you <laughs> if you feel you want a nap, you can go and take a nap. Nothing's bothering you, mm-hmm. you know. And um, yeah, I have seen so much, and I am just so proud of how you fought the battle, and you are now winning and doing good. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you as a mom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you you want to say? I maybe have one more question, but okay. Um, it's Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. What would you say to all the moms? Take a day at a time. Relax. Life is too precious to let one day go back by without loving your child, no matter who they are, no matter who they are. Take the time to smile, laugh, hug, and say, I love you because you're my daughter or you are my son, my very own. Just love your child. And I say that with Oh, my heart. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Oh, I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too. Thank I love you, son. Journey with me. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> and I hope I never failed you. No, I think it was just, I don't know how, how you might feel about this, but I feel like a lot of it was just coming from like um, Hispanic culture, just trying to do the best that we could with what we had and not, I mean, the fact that we didn't even know what anxiety was until I was, what, 26? I mean, we mm-hmm. just, we kind of did the best. And I think, yeah. Um, I think just having such a rich kind of background in Christianity, we just always wanted to make sure we did what we thought was the right thing you know right uh yeah yep you're right yeah yeah but i'm so grateful that we did it Mm -hmm. we did it together Several years ago, I used to run weekend retreats for straight religious mothers of queer children. Moms would come in with their heads down and angst written all over their bodies. It was as though walking into the conference room was like coming out, coming out to the world as a failed mother, the rejects of the Christian community. At first, they were prickly and pious. They wanted to protect their opinions and beliefs. Ironically, I was doing the same thing, just on the opposite end of the spectrum. I too, with my mother, was pious and prickly, demanding that she see it my way. I want to emphasize that I was stubborn in my argument, but not from a place of needing to be right, but because I was scared. Now, some 16 years after coming out, I have come to believe in, as a clinician and as a queer son of a religious mother, two important lessons. The first is that I no longer need her opinions to match mine as a means of feeling safe and belonging with her. I have learned that her love supersedes matters of opinion. 
we have grown to connect beyond the disconnects, and this means loving despite our ideological differences. Opinions no longer control how safe we feel with one another, but we had to fight hard to get to this place. And trust me, it wasn't easy. And as you heard from my mom, it was totally worth it. Our growth required a lot of hard conversations, some time apart, and mostly the deconstruction of our unworkable emotional patterns. I had to learn to trust her love more than I trusted my fears. I had to learn to see her unwavering love more than I listened to my voices of anger. I had to practice trusting her love more than the safety I thought I'd get if we were part of the same political party. If I could go back in time, I would be bold just like my mom to ask her tough questions so that I could see her loyalty and see that her fight to overcome her own fear was for me. Put simply, my mother's unconditional love transcends any and all conditions that I might have. Receiving this type of love from my mother might just be the biggest gift she has ever or could ever give me. I am mindful that many of you have a challenging time during Mother's Day. Some of you have lost your moms. And I know that divisions, abuse, and boundary violations might require that you create distance from your mom. And for some of us, we can still love unconditionally from afar with healthy boundaries. And for others, the abuse has been too extensive and severing the relationship was or is necessary. This leads me to my second lesson. Parents must convince their children of their inherent worth. Some mothers aren't capable of teaching their children this very important aspect of existence. But for those who are, children pick up on neither a mother's subtle gestures nor her compromises. Children don't know that these things are love in action, but they are. They are also invisible to a child. Mother's Day to me is about celebrating all of the silent moments of hard decisions like knowing when to challenge a child, when to nurture a child, when to push them into deeper waters because they're ready, and when to hold them back because they're not. Mother's Day is about honoring all of the early mornings, the late nights, the self-compromises, and their shrinking social lives. Mother's Day is about expressing gratitude for all the mommy guilt sustained in the name of hoping that your mother's decisions were actually the best choice for you and your development. It wasn't until my early 30s that I began to see just how truly loved I am by my mom. And when I did, I became remorseful that I didn't know sooner. So I repeat my mother's words. Moms, please stop and take it one day at a time. Create the connections, use the verbal affirmations, drop down to your child's level and make eye contact, and convince your queer child that they are loved, and do this for no matter how long it takes for them to realize. Now in my 30s, I am glad I finally received her message of unconditional love loud and clear. To my mom, thanks for rescuing me when I needed it, loving me when I didn't love myself, and for being persistent in your love for me. Being able to say with certainty that I am loved by you has made all the difference. I love you, Mom. 
To all the queer mothers and the allied mothers, happy Mother's Day. Queer Relationships is a podcast sponsored by I Am Clinic, a counseling practice devoted to the LGBTQ plus community with in-person and virtual counseling options available. I Am Clinic, create the love lives and relationships you crave. Find us online on Instagram at LGBTQ underscore therapy and Facebook at I Am Clinic. That's I-A-M Clinic.